Hey there, Todd. Uh, really enjoyed our last little chat, and when you were, uh, you know, just talking about going to all the different funeral homes in uh, Omaha there, and um, and I know we left off, and you just started, just started to tease a little bit about Heafy and Heafy, but uh, um, you had mentioned that you've got a little bit uh, that comes before that part, so let's uh, let's dive into it. Well, thank you, Rob. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the other day, and uh, I wanted to just make some disclaimer about my gambling casino. Uh, in driving home that night, remembering what I had to say about my uncles, I didn't want anybody to get the impression that they were uh, moral reprobates or that they were sending me down the primrose path. Um, but they were a hell of a lot of fun. And, and actually on the gambling casino, um, what they told me was not true. Um, I got very poor instructions from them on all the games and I learned all of how badly I'd been instructed by my uncles when I started to go to Las Vegas and see how these games are actually played. So I wanted to clear that up just so that some didn't think that, um, you know, I was being, uh, uh, con they were contributing to my dissipation as a teenager. Uh, by these uh, games and you know the barn thing was just a lot of fun and the neighborhoods uh, the town kids enjoyed it very much but back to this uh, issue of a love of funeral service and um, and 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 I'll phrase it this way because I've used this before many many times when I do seminars on dealing with funeral home staff and I'll give you the phrase, and then we can explore it a little bit. Losers are sometimes in disguise. And I'll say it again. Losers are sometimes in disguise. And so looking back at my career and my life, I, I had this great handicap, this kind of uh, disability, that I was a totally disinterested and hence not a very effective student from kindergarten to when I graduated from high school. Um, I was absolutely disinterested in the proceedings. Uh, sports bore me to tears. Um, I did a little basketball, but that's just because I was six foot five in a town of 1500 people and I wasn't very good at it and so I quit and so I was so dysfunctional as a student my grades were so bad that they used to have meetings about me uh, the teachers would call my parents my poor parents and they would say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Van Beck, we need you to come up to the school to talk about Todd. So from an early on in my life, I was somewhat the focus of being seen as a eccentric loser in town. Now, nobody, nobody went after me because I wanted to be a funeral director. But I was socially just awkward. Um, I was uh, very tall. I couldn't buy clothes. I was always a large person. Um, and, 
you know, this is psychology 101 where people reminisce about their high school or their uh, schoolyard experiences. I wasn't very good. Um, and so, but, but I was tremendously interested in funeral service. That was the focus, right? I mean, that was it. It's always been it. It's never not been my focus in my life. Uh, even with, you know, I don't see myself as an expert, but I do see myself as having a, a lifelong love affair with everything to do with funeral service. There wasn't a thing about it, still not, that I'm not interested in. I don't think I was very good at it as a funeral director, and uh, we'll get into that later. But anyway, so, you know, I'd be in biology class and I'd do a, do a, a report on embalming. I'd be in a history class and I'd do a report on a famous funeral. Kind of, kind of like I'm still doing to this very day, right? Right. I, I, I've not ever gotten out of that mold of being fascinated by funerals. But the difficulty uh, was my grades, my my lack of being a scholar, and uh, so they would go up to uh, the school, and there was a guy at the school. It is a very small school, right? Uh, there were 72 in my graduating class, or maybe even 68. Um, and uh, in those years, I don't know what they call them today, they had on staff a guidance counselor, right? So this guy was on, and, and, and to tell you his profile, he was the guidance counselor, but he taught driver's education on the side, right? So we've got this small school. My deficiencies as a student were utterly glaring, right? Because you couldn't hide. And so I remember they went up to see the guidance counselor. Uh, and they sat down. My mother and dad sat down with him. And this is what he had to say. That there would be no purpose in sending me to college because I won't I won't get into any college nobody would have me and also he was somewhat brutal in his assessment of how odd strange unusual and in weird taste I was for wanting to be a funeral director um, and uh, unfortunately, my parents uh, saw merit in what he was saying to them. And looking back at it, given my lack of performance as a student, I can understand why they would feel that way, because I was a great disappointment to my parents in, in the world of academia. Um, now, when I talk about losers in disguise, though, I, I want to pass this on just as a philosophy of life. The greatest strength, in my humble opinion, that a funeral director can have is a genuine love of funeral service. That, that asset, that psychological asset is priceless, 
right? Because it will see you through disappointing times, challenging times. It will see, it, it tends to humble you down, right? That no matter how bad it gets, uh, I'm sticking in this, I'm staying in this. And so the prophecy of the um, guidance counselor, of course, proved to be a fallacy, didn't it? Right? Because the, you know, I, he prophesied I couldn't get out of mortuary college. Right? The truth is, I did very, very well in mortuary school. And not because I was a genius or a scholar, but because I loved what we were doing. Right? I couldn't wait to get out of bed and take the trolley into Kenmore Square in Boston and go to mortuary school. And so this idea that losers can sometimes be in disguise, I think mirrors my personal life in that um, now, right, right now I'm speaking to you from my office in a mortuary college, right, where I'm not a student for heaven's sakes, right? I'm one of the uh, uh, instructors. I've been president of a couple mortuary colleges and that's not bragging. It's just a, uh, I think, a, a good testimony that if you love something, that you will, uh, you'll find a way uh, to be uh, successful. Uh, and not, I don't mean financial success. I don't mean that. I mean more uh, at peace with yourself, with what you've done in your career. Um, you know, um, Earl Nightingale had a great line that he had this definition of success and he said success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal and 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 he, and he I thought he was spot on I went to a seminar that he was a radio commentator uh, in motivational speaking years ago and so the worthy ideal in my life has been funeral service and I've progressively over 50 years now plus tried to progressively realize a worthy contribution to the work of our great profession. So th that was kind of my high school experience. When I graduated from high school, there was one student who graduated beneath me. But, but while I was in high school, your listeners might be interested in this. I won the high school science fair. The worst student in the building won, won the high school science fair. They sent the, the, the school dunce, Todd Van Beck, to Des Moines, to the state capitol, to the state science fair, and my subject was embalming. I won the school science fair, and I did it on embalming. I, I put up uh, posters and I had misspelled words and, and all of that. And uh, I remember one of the uh, judges came over to me and, and I, was, uh, I was 18 years old, right? I was just a senior in high school. And, I, and she said, you know, you, you, <laughs> she, you might want to get some help on your spelling on your posters, okay, okay. And she said, you won because your passion for the subject. You, you won 
because all of the judges saw that this was not just some damn science project. This was how you're going to live your life. And it was very, um, you know, the guidance counselor told me I was a loser. But at the science fair, you had these individuals that were not from my town. They did not know me. And they actually verbalized how I was going to live the rest of my life. <clears throat> so that was an interesting experience, Rob. So... In uh, 1968, I got my driver's license, and all bets were off once I got my driver's license, right? Liberation Day, freedom, because I knew if I didn't have a driver's license, I couldn't work in a, a funeral home, right? I just knew that. Most of the, all the funeral homes back then ran ambulance service. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But in 1968, and I've relayed, I've already relayed in our first sessions about this funeral director jerking around, right? Sending me from Swanson's to Crosby's to Gentleman's to Burkett's and up and down Farnham Street. And then I ended up um, within about 10 minutes. It was just the craziest thing. I got hired by the, a man named, his real name, his full name was Cornelius Patrick Heafy, but he went by Con, C-O-N, Con Heafy. He had a brother, because the, the, the history of the mortuary was always, there were two brothers that ran it, and they had locations on Farnham Street and South Omaha, and I'm going to, I want to, take a moment to talk about that if, if of all the funeral homes of uh, uh, and there were outstanding funeral homes in omaha actually omaha in 1968 was kind of a uh, at the uh, water high water mark as far as quality funeral homes went there they were some excellent funeral directors uh, in that city and there still are to this day but there's not as many funeral homes as there were uh, when I started, because they've had mergers and acquisitions, et cetera, uh, like every other city. But so when when I went to Heafy's, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I walked in, the, got, I moved into the place, and this mortuary was outside, it looked like Dracula's castle. It was red brick, it wasn't particularly attractive but it was really intimidating right the building was covered with green ivy um but boy when you went inside that funeral home it it's a pity that they tore the thing down now the south omaha funeral home on 25th and d is still there it's a private residence but i remember going in to the mortuary and it was just one antique after another uh, just, just uh, seemed like endless miles of woodwork, mahogany woodwork, mahogany beams, mahogany pillars, all through the place. It was, it was probably one of the most opulent buildings in the city, uh, and the Heafies uh, bought that uh, during the Depression, when uh, most of the funeral directors in Omaha 
dumped their downtown undertaking parlor and they moved up to Farnham Street where all the mansions were, right? Because people were losing their personal homes during the depression and the funeral director bought these homes. They lived upstairs. So the funeral home was actually the home of the funeral director, right? And so downstairs was the, was the business rent and that's how hefes were. But the issue about this mortuary, I remember um, in the office, um, there was a license for a man named Patrick Carmody Heafy. And Patrick Carmody Heafy was my boss's uncle, right? And he was on the Farnham Street location. And the license was dated 1882. And what struck me, and this was even before I learned the deep, deep history of this mortuary. I looked up, so my license number here in Tennessee is 6604-6605. Patrick Carmody's license number was one, right? He had the first license that was issued by the state of Nebraska. And I, I used to look at that and I'd have these thoughts of who the hell gave him the test? Right. So where does where's the first one actually come from? But he had it. So he had a brother in South Omaha, Morgan J. Heafy. And so hence the name Heafy and Heafy. And it's and it's always stayed until recently. They they dumped the other Heafy name, uh, which caused uh, some consternation within the Heafy family. But this funeral home. so. Um, some of your some of your um, re, uh, listeners will know of Creighton University in Omaha. It's a it's a well thought of Jesuit school. If you go to Holy Sepulchre Cemetery in Omaha, way up on top of the hill is this great big uh, monument to the Creightons, and your listeners are going to be familiar that the Creighton brothers started Western Union. Right, they're the ones that started the telegraph company that revolutionized the West. And so when the Creighton brothers died, uh, Hefe and Hefe got that funeral. And if you go to Holy Sepulchre Cemetery, the, the Creighton monument is the center of the cemetery, but right next to it is an Ionian cross with the name Hefe on it, where uh, Patrick Carmody Hefe and his wife, they didn't have any children, um, are buried. So the funeral home, um, Hefe's um, was a high, high polished services. Um, you know, there was no drama, there was no running, there was no door slamming. Uh, you know, some of the times you go to funeral homes today and the theatrics and the thespian and oh my god somebody's died and oh my god we've got to you know that none of that none of that existed um so mr heafy's nephew tom heafy who was the grandson of morgan heafy in south omaha he's the guy who taught me how to embalm but the mortuary so farnham street was where 
let's say the Mayor Dahlman of Omaha died, Hefe's had that funeral. Um, when the Creighton brothers died, Hefe's had that service. Uh, and in 1947, some of your listeners will remember the name Edward J. Flanagan. And Edward J. Flanagan is the uh, founder of Boystown, Nebraska. And he was a very good friend of my boss. They, they, were, they were buddies. And when he died, he had a heart attack in Germany. Uh, he um, was brought back. He, he's had that service. So Farnham Street was this, this very elegant, old, old Catholic Omaha families, right? So, but South Omaha was, I've often said, that uh, Hefe and Hefe in its day could, was, could have been a sociologist's dream come true because South Omaha, the, and in fact, the building in South Omaha was actually bigger uh, uh, square footage than Farnham Street was. But the, the building was uh, on 25th and D, and we were maybe... I don't know, 10 blocks from the Omaha Stockyards. Uh, we were right smack in Little Italy down the street. Uh, we were in Little Bohemia, uh, the Bohemian Cafe, uh, Marchio's Italian Restaurant, Caneglia's, uh, Hefe's was smack. And so these funerals couldn't have been more Alpha and Omega that in Farnham Street, you would have the dentists, the physicians, the attorneys, the politicians, the old families of Omaha, but my goodness sakes, down in South Omaha, uh, you would have these ethnic groups, uh, every conceivable ethnic group, I used to call South Omaha the United Nations, right? Because these people immigrated from Omaha and they got jobs at the packing house at Cudahy and Armour and Swift, the big packing houses. And so Hefe's was a, um, a tremendously fascinating um, place to start my career. And I, um, I owe Tom Hefe, he's still alive, a great deal of uh, a debt of gratitude because he is the guy who was downstairs with me and um, was with infinite patience uh, taught me the art and science of embalming. So, so that's Hefe's. Well, that's uh, <clears throat> that's great, Todd. Um, just to, the license number one. That's uh, that's a treasure for sure. I think that's this is a good uh, spot to kind of wrap up. And where where will we go next? Well, I think on our uh, wish list, uh, we were going to talk about some of the ambulance uh, issues in funeral service. Okay, let's, uh, yeah, let's do that. And again, always great to hear the stories of Hefe and Hefe. I know that you talk of them often and of high, in high regard uh, and just neat to hear a little bit of the history there. So, okay, we'll, uh, we'll catch up next time. Thanks, Todd. Thank you, Rob.